0: They decided we're going to live free or we're going to die free, but we're not going to die at the hands of Romans. And 967 of them took their lives. Many of them not only taking their own lives, but taking the lives of their wives and children that were there with them. The only reason we know this story is because there is five people, two adults and three children that went to hide and were able to survive that suicide massacre and told the story these were the zealots these were people that were all about patriotism they were all about we need to live free we're going to die free we're not living under the uh, under the yoke or bondage of anyone and in that group of people we find this guy by the name of simon Simon the Zealot, he was one of them. He was a guy that was very patriotic, one that was all about uh, his own country. He loved the country of his birth, and he was going to be patriotic to the end. You see a little bit of who Simon is when it comes to patriotism and, and what was important in his life. But not only was he someone that was deeply patriotic, but he was someone that was intensely passionate. You see, in all of his doings, Simon was very passionate. The word zealot comes from the root word zeal. Now, uh, to have zeal is defined as someone that has an intense passion and emotion in the pursuit of something. You can think of Simon as one of those guys that he was all in all the time. No matter what he was going to be doing, he was going to be passionate about it. If he was going to be playing a sport, he was going to be all in. If he was going to be doing a project, he was going to be all in. If he was going to be part of this group, he was going to be all in, willing even to take his own life if asked to. He was going to fight an army that was greater than his army, that could defeat them any day. He was still going to say, I'm all in with you. That was the kind of man that Simon was. A man that was very passionate, passionate about his country, passionate about what he was going to do with his life. He was not halfway committed. He was all in in whatever that he did. You know, I have to imagine sometimes when I think of Simon that what connected him with Jesus must have been that passion. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was probably the greatest teacher and preacher the earth has ever known. And one thing that I like, and I don't know about you, but I love that we have the technology that we have today, and and you can get on podcasts and listen to different preachers from from around the country, really, and around the world. And one of the things that always strikes me when I listen to a a preacher preach God's Word, uh, something that always captivates me about the ones that are my favorites to listen to is the passion that they have. Man, it, it just seems like when you start listening to someone with passion, uh, someone that knows how to really communicate that passion, uh, at the end you 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 just feel like whatever they say to do, I'm gonna do it. People that are are very much like that, that have that kind of ability, uh, I think of people that like like coaches. Uh, anytime you you're a coach, usually right before the game, you got to try to pump your team up and and uh, and and. You know, uh, if you ever watch like ESPN or Fox Sports, uh, you know sometimes they'll give you a little insight into the locker room and, and they'll show the coach and he's giving a fiery speech. And then right, he, right, right after he's done, everybody takes the field and, and they play the game. And, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable. But in every great team, there's always this coach that has this great passion. Most of the players say, man, I love playing for him and man, I would do anything for that coach. And usually it speaks to the passion of that coach that he communicates to them. I imagine that that Simon was one that connected with Jesus on that level. I'm sure he heard the passion of Jesus as he was preaching, and it was something like, man, that that got my attention. The message was a little bit different than Simon had ever heard. When you read Matthew chapter 5, you read about one of the sermons that Jesus preached. It's known as the Sermon on the Mount. And in that sermon, Jesus said, love your enemies. Man, that was very different than what Simon grew up listening to. As a zealot, he was trained to, to say, hey, if that's my enemy, either you submit to me or I kill you. There wasn't any idea of loving enemies. It was, hey, you're my enemy for a reason. And hey, if we're going to fight, we'll fight to the death if we have to, but you're my enemy. And so the message that Jesus had was a A completely different kind of of message than Simon had ever listened to. But yet, there was something that drew him to Jesus. In fact, so much so that as he heard Jesus preaching, he eventually became a disciple of Jesus. In fact, you'll notice there in Luke chapter 6 and verse 12 that there were many disciples of Jesus at that time. There were many that were following him. There were many that were listening to the words of Jesus. And we find that Simon was one of those. Simon was a man, though he was very patriotic, and though he was very passionate, he was a man that decided to follow Jesus. It's a reminder today that, listen, Jesus calls every person. And Jesus loves every person in here this morning. It really doesn't matter what your talents are. It really doesn't matter what social status you have. Can I say that Jesus loves you this morning? And Jesus, is one that is looking to make uh, those uh, that will decide to follow after him his disciples. We find that Simon, in his character, was patriotic and was passionate. But I also want you to notice his calling. His calling. There in verse number 13, it says, And when it was day, he he called unto him his disciples, and of them he chose twelve. Which means there was more than twelve disciples there. I don't know how many people had begun to follow Jesus by this time in his ministry, but of all those disciples that had followed Jesus, Jesus chose twelve of them. And of those twelve, in verse fifteen, we find this this man Simon, the Zealot. I want you to notice this because it is so important for you and I to understand this: that in his calling, number one, he was prayed for. In verse number twelve. It says, and it came to pass in those days that he, that is Jesus, went out into a mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. Jesus, this one who had captivated Simon's attention. Jesus, this man who Simon had been uh, become a disciple of, began to pray for him. You know, Jesus did not thoughtlessly make decisions in his life. Jesus always went to speak to His Father before making any type of major decision. In fact, His life in ministry is defined by the fact that He ever lived to do His Father's will. Uh, Jesus would not live according to His own desires, but only that of His Father. In fact, in John chapter 5, verse 30, He told the disciples one time, He said, I can of mine own self do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just, because I seek not mine own will, but the will of the Father which hath sent me. Jesus told His disciples, listen, I'm not here to do what I just want to do. I'm here to do what the Father's will is. And before He was going to make a decision, before He was going to choose 12 people to follow Him, He began to pray for them. The decision comes to make those disciples be apostles. And to make that decision, Jesus begins to pray. And he didn't pray for 10 minutes. He didn't pray for an an hour. He didn't even pray for three hours or four hours. The Bible says he spent all night in prayer. I imagine that Jesus began to pray name by name for those 12. I believe he got to the name of Simon the Zealot, and he probably knew Simon's weaknesses. He probably knew Simon's character better than any of us here this morning. I'm sure he knew that uh, Simon had made a decision of being a patriot to his country. I knew that uh, he must have known that uh, Simon was a man that was going to be passionate. A man that was going to be totally committed to whatever he did. And I'm sure he prayed to the Father. Father, is this one that you want for me to choose as an apostle? Is this one of thy disciples that you want to follow me. I believe Jesus was very specific that night as he prayed for Simon. Oh, it's so important for us to remember that. Do you know that Jesus this morning is a high priest who is still praying for those that will follow him? He's still praying to intercede for us. You see, to pray for our needs, and to go to the Father on our behalf is something that is great on Jesus' heart. It's something that Jesus is still doing today. Yes, He did it so many years ago when He was going to choose His disciples, but you know, He's still doing that today for you and me. Jesus is that high priest. Romans 8, 34 says, Who is He that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again, who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Can I tell you this morning that Jesus is praying for you? Jesus knows you better than I know you. Jesus knows your weaknesses and your strength. And yet, can I tell you, Jesus is one that is interceding for you to the Father. Jesus is one that is praying for you this morning. Praying for the decisions that you're going to be making. Praying that you'll make a decision to follow Him. Praying that you'd make a decision to stand for Him. Praying that you'd make the decision to be a light for Him in your workplace. Be a light for Him in your home. Be a light for Him anywhere that you go if you would just be a light for Him. Jesus is praying for you this morning. We find that in Simon's life, there was a moment when God was calling him and Jesus was praying for him. But not only was he being prayed over, but he was chosen. You see, there in verse number 13, it says, and of them he chose 12. He was not only prayed for, he was chosen. Simon was by no means perfect. There was so much he was to learn and understand before he would do all that God intended him to do and be. Yet he was chosen along with 11 others. Though there was a lot that he still needed to learn about really what to be loyal to and who to be loyal to, and what to be passionate about, yet God still calls Him. Can I say God is calling even you and me this morning? God is still calling for those that hear. Many times when Jesus would speak to the people, He'd say, He that hath an ear, let him hear. In other words, listen, what I'm saying is for you. What I'm saying is to you. The Word of God this morning isn't just for a few. It's for all. God is not that, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And Jesus said, Call, uh, Come unto me, all ye that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. And Jesus didn't say, Just come unto me, just a few. No. All, all are welcome. You know, this morning... It might be that Jesus is calling you. It might be that Jesus is choosing you to do something great for Him. To be not only just one that follows Him in in coming and being at attendance in a church. No, Jesus wants more for you than that. Jesus is looking for you to do something great for Him. He's looking, if I can say, to make you extraordinary. He wants to make an extraordinary change in your life. I love what Revelation 17, 14 says because it's something that has not happened yet but really has happened already. It's it's in our future and it's as sure as I am standing before you. That, That certainty that you are looking at me and hearing my voice is a certainty that this is happening. In Revelation 17, 14 it says, These shall make war with the Lamb. It says, And the Lamb shall overcome them. For he is Lord of lords and king of kings. It says, and they that are with him are called and chosen and faithful. And can I say this morning that just like Simon, this man that was zealous about many things was called and chosen, can I say you and I are called and chosen? In fact, Peter says we're a peculiar nation, a chosen people. You said, chosen for what, pastor? To be different. To be changed. I want you to notice, lastly this morning, the change that came to Simon's life. You see, upon responding to that call from Jesus that day, responding to the call of being that chosen one of just 12, Simon the Zealot was never the same. You see, the zeal that had defined his life for so long could never be the same again. That passion that he had was changed from a passion for country and nation to a passion for a a Savior, to a passion for a king that is the king of kings. What had moved him? What had defined him? What was so different of him starting that day? What was the extraordinary change that happened? Well, first of all, the message was different. The message that he gave was a different message. You see, all of Simon's life, as he was being raised as a zealot, his message was, Israel first, everybody else last. His message was, we don't bow to any Gentiles, and we don't need any Gentiles in our life. And anyone that doesn't like that message, well, I got something for you. Simon was was one that had that kind of message of all about Israel, but that message changed. Now it was all about Jesus. The freedom of Israel was not as important as it used to be in Simon's life. You see, now the message that he was giving wasn't, hey, we need a free Israel. No, his message now was, we need freedom from sin. He said, I I found somebody that, that freed me from the captivity that I had. And I didn't even know it. I thought the Romans were the big problem in our world. But he said, but now I know the biggest problem is sin. You see, his message was totally different. The message of freedom was no longer of a national freedom, but a spiritual freedom. No longer did he live for a limited message, but for a limitless message. No longer did He talk about things that uh, were just done by a few people, but for all people. It is a message of true freedom and true liberty and real peace. The message that Jesus can transform a life, any life. The message that Jesus can change a person, any person. You know, the message that Jesus can save your soul. Simon's message was different. I believe he could say along with the Apostle Paul, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He could say along with Peter, there is no salvation in any other save in Jesus Christ alone. There is no other name given under heaven among which uh, men must be saved. Saved by Jesus Christ. The message that he had was a different kind of message. It makes me wonder this morning, what's our message? This past week, we had a wonderful week of Thanksgiving and a time where we could just pause from our work and jobs and with a fa- as a family, just stop and, and praise God for who he is and what he's done. But I wonder how many this week gave that message to someone. I wonder how many of us lived that message this week. It's always sad when you wake up on the Friday after Thanksgiving and you read all these stories of what happened at stores on Black Friday. The greed and the materialism of our world, and it, and it just floods the headlines. But I wonder how many there were, there were disciples of Jesus that had a message that was different. A message that was a message of change. A message that did not look to get a great deal, but to give a great deal. We find that Simon's message was different. But then we also notice that his mission was different. You see, not only did Simon's message change, but his mission changed with it. There was a Time in Simon's life when all he wanted was to work for the future of an Israel that would be independent. But he came to the saving knowledge of Jesus. That change that he experienced was different. You see, before he would train and discipline himself that, so that he could do all that was in his power to bring about the vision of a free Israel. That was his mission in life. That was the one thing he wanted to see more than anything, Israel free. But it changed. Now his mission, his energy, his future, his vision, his strength was going to be all about bringing people to the one. That one that could save them. That one that could change them just like it changed him. His commission was to reach others for the kingdom of Christ. I I believe Simon would say with the Apostle Paul, as Paul wrote there in 1 Corinthians 9, he says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all but one, receiveth the prize? So run that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate in all things. Now he says, they do it for a corruptible crown, but we an incorruptible. And I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, so fight I, not as one that beateth the air, but I keep under my body and bring it into subjection. Lest by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I I believe that Simon said, man, listen, this thing of the Christian life, it's about being all in. And I'm all in. Man, I'm passionate about this thing. Man, there's a mission in my life, and and the mission isn't uh, anymore just to to see uh, Israel free. It's all about Jesus. I wonder how many Christians today would say, man, my mission in life really isn't how high I'm going to go on the corporate ladder at work, and it's not going to be what I can accomplish in my life materialistically, and how many houses I can have, and, and how many nice cars I can have. But how many would just say, man, it's all about Jesus in my life. My mission has changed. It used to be about what I could do for myself, but now it's all about what I can do for Jesus. We find that Simon's life changed completely. He could say like the Apostle Paul, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me you see simon was all about jesus there was an extraordinary change i i can imagine that the other zealots when they came to see simon and said simon hey we're ready man there's there's a garrison of 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 romans over there we're we're thinking of taking them out tonight you're gonna go i can imagine simon said no man i that's not my mission in life anymore Simon, what are you talking about? We need a free Israel. That's what's going to bring peace and life. That's what's going to bring us what we need right now. I can imagine Simon saying, that's never going to bring peace. Man, we can drive out the Romans and it still won't bring peace. It's still not going to bring what you're searching for. But listen, I have found him. I found the one that can change you that can really bring you real joy and real peace. I can imagine Simon was looking at those zealots saying, man, I found something much more important to be zealous about. You know, today, what we learn from Simon the zealot is just a man whose name is in the Bible. Nothing more. But what's in a name? seems like everything. It seems like in the name we can find the extraordinary change that God can bring. You know, it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter what you know or what you don't know. It doesn't matter what you've done or haven't done. God can still do in you what only He can do. God can still bring extraordinary change into your life. Myra Brooks Welch was a a woman who suffered in her life with severe arthritis. In fact, it was so bad that she had to be in a wheelchair for much of her life. And her hands were so weak that she could no longer even play the organ, an instrument that she loved to play. But she began to write different poems. She wasn't going to have a poor-as-me attitude, but she began to think about what God had done in her life. And with a little pencil in her hand, she would hit the keys on a typewriter, one by one, to write her poems. And one of the poems that she writes, she writes this, "'Twas battered and scarred, and the auctioneer thought it scarcely worth his while to waste much time on the old violin. But he held it up with a smile. What am I bid, good folk, he cried. Who'll start the bidding for me? A dollar, a dollar? Who will give me a dollar? How about two? Two dollars. Who'll make it three? Three dollars. Going once, going twice, going for three. But no. From the room far back, a gray-haired man came forward and picked up the bow. Then wiping the dust from the old violin and tightening up the strings, he played a melody pure and sweet, as sweet as an angel sings. The music ceased, and the auctioneer with a voice that was quiet and low said, What am I to bid for the old violin? As he held it up with the bow, a thousand dollars, and he'll make it two. Two, 2,000, and who will make it three? 3,000 once, 3,000 twice, 3,000 and it's sold, he said. The people cheered, but some exclaimed, We do not quite understand what changed its worth. And the answer came, T'was the touch of the master's hand. And many a man with a soul out of tune and battered and scarred by sin is auctioned cheap by the thoughtless crowd, just like the old violin. But the master comes, and the foolish crowd never can quite understand the worth of a soul and the change that is wrought by the touch of the master's hand. O master, I am the tuneless one. Lay, lay thy hand on me. Transform me now. Put a song in my heart of melody, Lord, to thee. I believe if anything describes Simon the Zealot, it would be that poem. Oh, the extraordinary change as Jesus touched his life. I pray that God will do the same in ours this morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you for the life of this man named Simon. A life that It seems there's nothing much to say and yet there's so much to learn. Simon the Zealot, a man that was changed extraordinarily by you. Father, a man that had the message of his life changed and the mission of his life changed. Oh, how we need that this morning. There are many here this morning that Perhaps, Father, need to make a decision to just be all in for you. Make a decision that what their life needs most is change. And that change can only come by you. Oh, Father, raise up a generation, I pray, of Christians whose message is different than the world's, of Christians whose mission is one to serve you and to share you with others. Oh, Father, we need that kind of change today. Father, there might be someone here this morning that has yet to make a change of his eternal destination. And perhaps there's someone here, Father, that has yet to put their faith in Jesus Christ and experience a, a salvation that only you can give. Oh, I pray that if that be the the change that is needed this morning, that they would make that decision. As a piano just plays one stanza of a song, perhaps this morning there's someone here that says, Pastor, you know, that's me. I've yet to experience the salvation that Jesus can give. But, oh, I, I would love to know that Jesus is my Savior today. I'd love to have that change in my life. Is there someone like that would just raise their hand? I want to pray for you. Is there anyone like that? then perhaps this morning you're a Christian and you're saying, you know what? I need some of that change in my life. I need my mission of life to change and my message. It's just not been what it ought to be. But the message was clear and Simon's life has reminded me that I need that change to remain in my life. Pastor, would you pray for me? If that's your decision, would you just raise your hand? I want to pray for you. God bless you. I see those hands. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. I see those hands in the back. Father, this morning, you saw the hearts of those of us that lifted our hands. Oh, Father, I pray that the change that we have in our life would not be a change that is temporary, but an eternal change. Oh, Father, I pray that You would remind us every day what our mission is. Give us the words to share the message. Father, give us the heart and the passion to follow You, to be all in all the time. Oh, Father, may we follow the example that was set for us in Simon. May we also be a people that would follow you and experience that extraordinary change. Oh, Father, work in hearts this morning, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.